Thundergrunt. The thing is, none of us know if the other guys are naked or anything like that right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm bottom naked. If that helps, paint Ooh. a picture for you guys. Very relaxed. Oh, that paints a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's something about, and I have this like corner nook, wooden nook, so it's just naked butt on wood, which I didn't realize was such a comfortable thing. It's very comfortable. <laughs> You've never been in a sauna before. Not, not really, no. I've never done a sauna thing before, no. Sounds like it's worth checking out. I've seen it in a lot of movies. but I always, I guess I've seen it in so many movies where somebody gets like trapped in a sauna and they uh, either die or nearly die. And so I always get nervous, especially because you usually go in a sauna, you know, if you've been working out or swimming or something, you're kind of tired when you go in there. So right. there's always this fear on my part that I'm just going to fall asleep and then, you know. Never wake up. What about that <laughs> that naked fight in uh, the wet uh, Eastern Promises? Eastern Promises, yeah. Ooh, that scared me so bad. I never want to fight naked. That's like a fear <laughs> of mine. What it's scared pretty... you about it? Just the notion of having <clears throat> to fight that way, or or seeing it? Both. Just like some dangling dick and balls coming toward me with with a knife. <laughs> Attached to the arms. I don't know. It just seems very. Is it your greatest fear or your greatest fantasy? It, right. <laughs> it could be both. And maybe it you're just scared See, to accept that it is what you really want. Yeah. Seeing little Vigo in the Mortensons was, you know, kind of an interesting thing. Right. right. Just fucking. <laughs> All right, well, let's do the damn well, thing. Okay, cool. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm John. I'm Ron. I'm Steve. And I, I guess this is episode one fifty six point five of Movie Schmovie. This is this is kind of a late, a late schedule change for us. But we decided since we had all seen an early screening of Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, that maybe we should talk about that this week and postpone what would have been this week's episode, which is the fourth annual Schmovie Awards, to next week. So here we are, devising a whole new way of being together. Ronald, what? How would you describe what we're doing right now? This is like a Tupac hologram, except none of us are dead. That's a very <laughs> cool way of us communicating with the living and in a way that I, I think is cool. We're, we're like syncing <laughs> up this amazing three-way call in, in this very modern way that John has devised. I, I, I'm, I commend you, sir. I think it's pretty amazing. It's a low-tech version of a modern thing, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's still cool, yeah. But it works, but it works. Absolutely. But, but to the listener, it's the, it's just that this is the first time that we've tried to record an episode without being in the same room with each other. So I can I can tell you guys that I am sitting at my table in the usual spot, and your chairs are down here, and I have, I, I've, I had to make, like, a sort of simulacrum uh, for uh. each of you so that I could you know, have something to look at. So my eye lines would be consistent. Gotcha. Uh, but what, what are you, where are you sitting, Steve? We know that Ronald is, uh, got butt cheeks on wood in his uh, kitchen nook. Where uh, are you? I, you know, I'm, I'm very casually laying in my, in my extra bedroom on a nice, nice, comfortable bed. That's oh, awesome. so you like yeah, laying very, down. It's very nice. Really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Cool. So it really sounds like I'm the only one that's clocked in here. <laughs> I think so. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, I'm very comfortable, um, way more than I've ever been at your house. Uh, I do like your house a lot, but this is a lot nicer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's do this, man. Like Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice. We were, like you said, we were able to see it early, and and have some time to think about it before actually kind of deciding to get together and digitally you know remotely sorry digitally record this and uh i guess let, let's kind of just talk about just to recap once what were some of our expectations going in like john what 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 were you feeling about the project about the movie just literally as the movie hits the screen what are you thinking well i mean whenever i go to see one of these big movies and i think i share this with the two of you 
I'm always just open to it. I'm always like up for it, you know, to see what it is. Uh, finally, you're going to, you don't have to wonder and your expectations aren't, aren't what you're dealing with. So I would say that for me, I was looking for it to kind of course correct, or I was expecting it to try to course correct what were perceived of, as some of the, the problems with Man of Steel. Right. And I was expecting to see a lot of world building and a lot of setup for the slate of films that we know that uh, that the DC cinematic universe has has planned, uh, you know, or that that they have in store, according to what they set out, I guess, a year or so ago, when they announced like six or seven films, you know. So mm-hmm. to me, I I was I felt like I was watching a movie that had to bear a lot of a lot of weight in terms of both being its own movie, following up another movie, getting people interested in this version of these characters, and setting up all this future stuff. So I, I, I almost had no idea what the actual movie was going to be. I just knew that it was it was sort of a, a load-bearing film in a lot of ways. What about you, Ronald? I kind of felt the same way. I, I think that the world building was pretty much the, the operative phrase, just because we're being introduced to a lot of new characters, particularly the new Batman, and how does he fit into the universe, you know, we we're just fresh off the the Batman trilogy. I didn't hate the Man of Steel movie. I actually really liked it. Um, and this whole thing about uh, Superman's ethics changing and affecting people's whole perception of the whole character and all that stuff that didn't matter to me so much. Is is this movie gonna be good? But I have, as we talk about this, I have some theories about all of this stuff. So that that's that's what I was thinking about as I was watching it. So what about you, Steve? Yeah, no, I, I don't think I have much to add to it. I think I'm right on par with both of you. I think that I was – I think my biggest thing was I was very anxious to see, I guess, how DC just planned to uh, – I don't know the best way to say it, like kind of keep pace with Marvel in a way that lets them basically skip, you know – having a whole slate of movies coming out before they join these superheroes together, you know, and not, not, not unlike Marvel did where, you know, they had a lot of films where characters would pop up as a tease. And, you know, when the Avengers came along, it kind of felt um, like a combination that everybody was very excited for. I was just very anxious to see how they handled putting, you know, upwards of five or six superheroes, uh, some of their bigger name superheroes, some not so big, like into one movie that is pretty much the second movie in in this effort to build this, you know, like John said, this whole world that you can buy into. So, I mean, my, my biggest thing was just really anxiety on like how could they possibly make it work in two and a half hours to really kind of you know, lay down the tracks for these films to take off on their own. You know what I mean? All right. And, and, and I think all the things that we just described in a way were things that for me made it, made it harder to engage with this just as a regular movie. And I mean, right. as much as I was open to it when I was watching it, I was thinking about all the things they're trying to do. And because I knew it was trying to set all these things up, I think that the things that didn't work <clears throat> seemed to really not work. Because you start to you start to feel shareholders uh, uh, sphincters tightening. You know what I mean. Every little thing that didn't work, you could feel that like, okay, they're going to have to find some way to make this work for th- these movies going forward. But then the things that did work, I mean, I think right. I've heard a lot of people say that, that they're ready to see a, a Batman movie with yeah. th- with this version of Batman. And I think that's a I think that's a very understandable reaction to the movie. I do think that that one of the biggest concerns if if people were concerned about Ben Affleck as Batman, he's not the he's not the problem <laughs> in no, the ultimate film. Not at all. I th- I think right. this is one of those situations in a movie where I think that the criticisms of it are valid but a little too harsh. And I think that this movie works on a lot of levels, and I think that I liked it. That's that's the weird part about it. With all the criticisms that I have, with all the things that I'm going to shit on it on about it mm-hmm. in the next, you know, 30, 40 minutes, right. I still like the movie. And there's something to that. I think there's something to the emotional reaction to, to the movie versus, you know, obviously this this equation based sort of thing that I have in my head about what didn't make this movie work 
and why I'm comparing it to Marvel. And I don't think we can compare it to Marvel because it's like Nike versus Under Armour. I know not the that's like a weird comparison, but you're talking about a, a, a group of movies that has been winning for upwards of a decade, right? And I don't know if it can necessarily compete with it, but it can be. It's a factor. It's 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 in the race still. And I don't think that this movie destroys that. And that's important to tell people. I don't know if you guys thought this, but the screening we saw, there was a little clip before the film of the director, Zack Snyder, saying, hey, enjoy the show, you know, and don't reveal any spoilers. I guess any screening, you know, they'll have that, they'll, they'll have that little clip on there sometimes. And I saw, he looked really tired to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I remember all the stories about Joss Whedon being like kind of chewed up and spit out by the Marvel you know, the studio-driven um, movie-making machine, which, again, I think you can see that we've uh, we've addressed this with the Marvel movies, that there seem to be directors who really flourish under that under that that strong producer hand in the Marvel world, and then others who seem to kind of want to go against it. And the, the official line is that DC is going to be more director-driven and more vision-driven on a movie-by-movie basis, but I think... It's almost, I mean, again, you can just see the strain on this film that that, that can't quite be true. Like, you're going to yeah. have to, like, this movie is setting the tone for so many other films. Right. I think you're right, Ronald. People are, the critics are talking about it like it's a disaster. Uh, and it and isn't. it's just unwatchable. I don't think that it it's is. not. I don't think that it is. I mean, I saw some article where someone basically was saying that DC is kind of taking a chance. They're kind of sacrificing the classical identity of these characters in order to tell this vision of the characters. Right. You know, it's a very vision-driven set of movies so far, and Zack Snyder <clears throat> seems to be the the guy behind it, much as uh, Christopher Nolan was behind the the last trilogy of Bat films. That was a very vision-driven set of movies. So sure. that is kind of something that DC does that is kind of interesting and kind of bold. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm willing to keep watching the experiment, but there were moments during this film where I was just honestly bored. Mm. I, I thought there were definitely some super slow moments, um, but I think that the issue is there had to have been a certain amount of narrative to, <laughs> to put us in this world. It was so forced, though. It was so mm -hmm. forced. That's the problem. Like, you can't yeah. fucking introduce four people in the movie and not have it be a little nuts in terms of how the, 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 the story's fed to us. But, I mean, I will say this. Given the amount of time that they had to introduce all these characters, I, I don't see how it could have been done better. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I think that the, their backs were against the wall. I don't know if it would have been. I don't think that Marvel could have pulled this off super well. I don't know if anybody could have pulled up. It, it was a shitty thing to have done to introduce a new care, a, a brand new huge <clears throat> character like Batman, a huge character like Wonder Woman, a huge character like Aquaman. I, I, I mean, well, what Aquaman is going to become and then everything else and then Lex and all that stuff. And these are versions of characters that we've never seen before ever in any individual movie. It's kind of a shit show to start off with, to me. Well, I mean, I think uh, in general, on, or at least on paper, one of the things I love about it is the fact that it just went so for broke. But I think that what's interesting is when you started hearing word that they were introducing so many characters in this film, it seemed like a real change from what had originally been stated about Man of Steel, which was it was going to be its own, like they were going to do a trilogy of Superman films. Yeah, yeah. But it almost seemed like at some point they decided, oh no, we're going to use this to start our universe and then they turned what would have been a superman sequel into the the seed of you know this next batch of movies right. and i think that that it does start to kind of feel like superman i mean you know i said this about man of steel is it kind of ended before like right when we get the standard superman setup it ends and then this movie begins when the whole world is tired of superman or whatever so it seems to me like there is a there's a point in between that we missed where Superman was this fun hero who uh, who you know who liked doing what was right for people or whatever, and I do think that's a different take on the character that to me is not that satisfying. It's in the DNA of these characters that they get reinterpreted all the time. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they're already on like I, I don't know in terms of Superman the take on Superman. I think they're like already doing damage control on what you just said though. I don't know if you saw the interview with uh, Henry Cavill like where he was saying that basically this Superman is not to that point yet, but it's still a character that will be at that point eventually. 
Do you know what I mean? Like he's like he's not to the point of the Superman that you know in the comics is what he was saying. Mm, okay. Like he's right. not to like the, you know, the do good, uh, you know, embraced by all. Like, you, you know, it, it, like what a lot of people that are criticizing like the take that you're talking about, or the chance that you're referencing. Like, there was an interview today that was released. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. That was him basically saying that, you know, this is not. It, you know, like that, we're, you know, I guess with Justice League and, and or if there is ever another Superman standalone film, which I, I don't know if that's a part of their slate, but I don't I don't believe there's enough faith in that character to, to let that air out. I mean, at least at this point, Ronald, you said it is a movie that kind of works on a lot of levels. Hmm. And I see those levels and I kept thinking if I just had a little bit more of an emotional connection to these characters and if the movie had given them maybe more of a chance, like, you know, a little bit more of what, again, I know we're not trying to recreate the comics, but in most versions of Batman and Superman stories, the way they banter with each other is like fun and part of the, the what gets you in the door is the way these two characters relate to each other. And this movie maybe had a, a, a flicker of it, you know. Sure. I just feel like it was a missed opportunity in that sense. Steve, what did you think about Ben Affleck? I, I got to say, I think that my boy was the best part of the movie. I think I so, too. I, I really him, do. Him and Wonder Woman. I, I would agree with Wonder Woman as well. I thought it, it's it's kind of like asking for it and then regretting it to say, like, you want more Wonder Woman, you know, in a movie that's already felt. I mean, to me, you know, I, I would say overall, like, just to kind of throw it out there, I did still like the movie. I, I had I probably had more expectations just because I wanted to see that just that spectacle on the screen. Um I did find a lot of parts of it for, for being a two and a half hour movie that they were trying to get so much in. I did find a lot of it to be like really slow and boring. And um, especially in the first like the first third of the film. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Ben Affleck's character, I mean, the Bruce Wayne character and, and the Batman portion of, of his performance, I thought were both really good. And I bought both of them. And it does become the most interesting part of the movie, and it almost makes me concerned that, you know, what started out as a Man of Steel sequel um, became kind of just like a ramp to get to a Justice League movie. But it's like, you, I don't know, like I almost feel like Zack Snyder wanted to just make a Batman movie. You know, the way... Yeah, yeah. I just feel it like feels so like much it. more attention was was paid in this in this movie to, uh, to, to Batman. I mean, I know that, you know, we're going into this movie from a man of steel film, but I don't know. I just thought that I actually, I mean, I'll, I'll say that I loved Ben Affleck as Batman, like straight Me up. Too. Like Me too. I liked the voice as Batman. I liked, uh, um, I liked Alfred. I, I, yeah, I liked Alfred. The thing that bugged me the most about Christopher Nolan's Batman was that he practiced as Batman for like, a year or something and then went into hiding for eight years and then came back yeah. you know, over the course of the trilogy and this version of Batman seems to have been on the job for a decade or more and I think that is that added so much oh absolutely I've heard a lot of people complaining about the third act as far as the overuse of CGI and how bad it looks but in general I thought once it became kind of a big splash page of battle scene stuff I thought that was kind of exciting and I remember saying to I don't know if I said it to either of you guys but someone after I saw the movie the other night that I could imagine people leaving the film after that last act and feeling a little bit, but more like buzzing on the movie a little bit more. Absolutely. And then if they think about, and then if they think about how like really the first ninety minutes is kind of a slog, but once you get to the battle from the title of the film on, I think the movie, for all its kind of overuse of CGI and it's kind of you know some of those line readings are kind of clunky, uh, especially once you've seen them in a thousand commercials. Yeah. But um. But in the end, I felt like that last hour felt like kind of what I, it was the spectacle that I wanted. Yeah. It just kind of seemed like it randomly went from scene to scene in a way for the first part. Yeah. It seemed very un-Zack Snyder-like the first, like, 90 minutes. It almost seemed like he he had the the second half in mind, and the studio was like, hey, you gotta you got to flesh this out a little more. And explain. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. The concept of Superman fighting Batman, or vice versa, is a really weird concept because you know mm -hmm. that Superman could destroy Batman. So it has to be set up in a way that makes sense. And I, I think the way that it, the the reasons why it happened made sense. But then it leads to one of the weakest links of the fucking movie, Lex Luthor, who yeah. made the first half 
almost unbearable the parts that he was in because he was so bad to me. I actually had this idea a long time ago, and I don't know how we could do this because sometimes it's hard to remember what we've said on the show. Mm-hmm. Right. But I had this idea of I had this idea of doing an episode where we where we call back to past opinions and call ourselves out for being wrong about that was something. So wrong. You know, like our our top three regrets or whatever. But I was I have been like lobbying for this since I heard about it. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I thought it was this bold choice, and I thought it just sounded like it was going to really work. And I don't know if I thought he ruined the movie the way some people do, but I definitely feel like it was a very misconceived version of the character. And it did come off more annoying than than cool or fun in the end. You know, I recently watched the the old Richard Donner Superman, or part of it, with Henry. And as crazy and 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 you know, I know comics fans apparently have gotten you know apparently they don't like the Gene Hackman version of Lex Luthor because he's so so such a comic character and so goofy. But I look at that character and I'm like, yeah, he's comic and goofy, but he still had this menace. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's just because Gene Hackman is a scary fucking dude. But I felt like I I thought Jesse Eisenberg was going to bring some of that unnatural evil kind of calm that he had in say the social network or something like that to this role. I thought it was going to be a new conception of this character where he was going to be like a young, you know, entrepreneur, uh, guy, self-made guy. But instead they just kind of made him like the most comic booky, most wacky thing about the movie. And I mean, I, I think Jesse Eisenberg was having fun. I look at him and say, maybe that guy was enjoying himself and I almost want to roll with that, but it was just like nails on a chalkboard, you know, almost every moment with that character for me. Yeah. It's pretty bad to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's just that that like that. I think you were saying, John, like that like ticky nature that he has. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I, I guess I was kind of hopeful that he would kind of bring something. I kept thinking of the Social Network too when I was like thinking about what could he bring <clears throat> to that role. And I mean, I think especially going against you know actors like Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill and you know Amy Adams and who he shares most of his screen time with, or even Holly Hunter. It, it just seemed like it could be really interesting and kind of a different take. We keep referring to these like takes, but um, I would agree that I think that the most distracting part of the movie for me um, was definitely his was definitely his version of uh, of Lex. Yeah, I I want to make it super abundantly clear that I like Henry Cavill as Superman. It's a lot of the. Oh, I do too. A lot of what it is is just the material that he's given. And, and I and I think that I know that they're trying to do a modern spin on kind of the way that public opinion works. And I, I know that I know that that's what it is. I know that it's like a take on the way that we handle famous figures, the way that we destroy them, the way that we we bring them up. And there's no real gauge of what's real and what's not in terms of opinion. I get that. I get what happened with that character, Superman's character. But it. It was really it didn't translate very well right there's there's two things that can defeat superman one would be kryptonite Mm -hmm. and the other is a director who hates superman exactly exactly i think Zack snyder has been trying to make a point about superman from the beginning here which again is a take but i just think it's not going to be as satisfying if you want to see these characters kind of set up in this traditional classical way so the fact that he was the weakest part of his own sequel is something i think we're all kind of hinting at here yeah. <laughs> is that he really was he really didn't get a chance to be more than kind of a, a just a, an over muscled kind of doofus yeah i hate it when characters don't do a very good job of explaining themselves you know and the, like one of, one of my biggest gripes with the movie just to kind of piggyback on what you just said is the whole movie you're wondering what you just said and the moment in the film and you know and i'm not going to spoil it because i don't know that we've actually got to that point yet but the moment in the film where he has that chance to speak <laughs> is completely taken away from him by some massive distracting event. event. <laughs> and I think that's like the that that is really all you need to look at to understand what people who are criticizing Superman's role in this film or possibly in this universe is that that moment of this film it should have been a huge moment for that character and it and it really wasn't. I mean some people will argue that it was because of what happens. And, and, and kind of where that arc turns at that point. But I would argue that it should have it should have been a different kind of moment for that character that you now, now is, is, you know, it's, it's a past moment. Right, yeah. Right. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's uh, 
Let's give it our old uh, our old rating before we get into some spoilers. If if someone's listening to this and they feel like they've heard enough, <clears throat> I would give it a go ahead. If you're curious about this film, you know you're going to go see it. I would give it a go ahead too. I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm, I, I canceled my tickets, or I'm going to wait for it to be on HBO or whatever." Well, that 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 that's just a du- that's just a dumb person. If, if you want to see this movie, if you're going to see this movie, you're not seeing this movie based on like critical reaction to it. You're right. seeing it. Because you're going to see Batman fight Superman or vice versa. And and what I've been telling everybody that's asked me my opinion, I would still give it a go ahead even without what I'm about to say. But I think bottom line, the movie is worth seeing. The ticket price is worth paying. And your ass in the seat is worth happening because of seeing Batman and Superman fight. That scene in the movie for me, that five, seven minute scene, I would pay to see that scene. And I'd be happy with the ticket right. price. Like I think that scene, with all the criticism we may have, or, or or the parts that we like and the parts that we don't, or the characters that we like and the ones that we don't, that build and that I, I felt like that scene delivered. I bought that. I thought that it was well balanced. I thought that the way they handled the turn was good. And I think that if you're thinking I'm going to see Batman versus Superman, you're going to see it because of what the title is telling you're going to see. So pay the ticket price, go see the movie. And then have an opinion after the fact. Yeah. I I, I feel the same way. I say go ahead. I, so just to give you guys an idea. So the everybody's making a big deal about the Rotten Tomatoes rating, which is like 33% right now as we speak. But right. if you look at the, the actual regular person's reviews, they are, they're around a 75. If you look on IMDb, it's around a 7.8 out of 10. So we're talking about two very different ideas here, right? A critic who has no experience in this thing and isn't really into this whole whatever is happening with DC. It's not a perfect movie. It's not the greatest movie you're ever going to see. But I'm telling you, it is a very fun movie. Think of it like this. It is the fast and furious of comic book movies. In the way that... <laughs> If you look at the the Rotten Tomatoes ratings of that, those are panned up until maybe uh, like a couple movies ago, right? Yeah, like panned the fourth or fifth one. Right? Panned movies. Right, right. But they do incredibly well because they're fun. You can watch it with a bunch of people. You can shit on it if you want to. But the movies are fucking solid. So that's my issue with this whole thing. And I'm glad we got to talk about it because this movie is not fucking horrible. And if anybody tells you that, they're a piece of shit. This is why I say that. I just think that, like, look at look at Thor, right? Thor, to me, is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is a Marvel movie. But if you look at the rating of it, people love it. It's not a very good movie. The, the CGI looks terrible. But people don't talk about it that way because there's, a, there's like, a groupthink thing that goes on right now. People love the whole Marvel movement, and I love that. I love that. But... To, Get off their dick a little bit. Go see a movie that's a little different. It's not perfect. And you'll enjoy it. I don't know. I just, it just fucks with me a little bit. On the one hand, you're saying that it's like people are forcing the dichotomy, but then you're saying that anybody who doesn't like like this movie is on Marvel's dick or something. I, I, I just don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I think the reason why people uh, rate Thor semi-kindly or very, very generously, very generously is because they like the characters. They like the casting. They like that role. Yeah. You know, I do see a little bit of what you guys have mentioned before, these kind of like super partisan uh, Marvel fanboys that are like biased against the DC thing before it happens. I think comparing them and is fun and up to a point, but beyond that, these have to exist as their as their own movies. I, I would say generally that even if you think thirty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes seems unfair, we're we're saying it's what? It's a two and a half hour movie, right? Yeah. yeah. So thirty five percent of a two hour movie is is upwards of forty minutes. So if, I would kind of agree with that. I think 35% of this movie is pretty damn good. Is it possible that Zack Snyder may be the next Michael Bay? Yeah. Steve, I think I think you yes. Because <laughs> yes. here's here, here's my here's my logic real yes. quick, and I think it's pretty clear what my logic is. Is that Michael Bay's movies, for the most part, are, are like you're talking about the ratings, are pretty much critic proof. You know, the, the big franchises that he has, mainly, you know, Transformers um, or even the Bad Boys films. I, I don't know what else, but I, I was reading something the other day just saying that, like, where there was a lull from Michael Bay, you know, like Zack Snyder has kind of taken this DC thing 
this mm. franchise, this property, and has kind of turned it into these kind of pretentious, uh, just like shiny, happy, visually fun and uh like like well handled visuals like you know i don't think anybody yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of Zack snyder's biggest talents and skills is that his movies I, I i personally believe that his movies always look really great i do have issues with the cgi in the last part of this film like especially with doomsday oh yeah doomsday was an atrocity i i i just think that like that that same thing a lot of people will say about michael bay films and I don't know, man. I just think about the critic stuff. Like, you always talk about Transformers, Ronald. And no matter how bad those movies are, and I'm not saying that this movie is anywhere near as bad as a Transformers film of the last five years, but I think that it's very similar. And, I mean, the fact that you give a franchise like a Batman and a Superman in one movie, oh, by the way, there's a Wonder Woman, there's an Aquaman, there's a whatever, the Flash, everything else that's involved with it. I think it's. I think it's. I don't know. I just like. I, I just keep thinking Michael Bay because it's not going to fucking matter. Like this movie yeah. is going to still make a lot of money. The opening weekend is going to be huge. I don't know what the word of mouth, what the drop will be the following weekends. It's done itself a favor by having you know a couple weekends after the fact to still make a lot of money um, with what's coming up in the you know new releases in the next couple weeks. But it has some time before Captain America comes along, and 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 has its chance at doing this. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I I definitely agree with this whole conversation about like the critics thing. Like, I think the thirty five percent is pretty harsh. I mean, I, I don't I don't really get I don't get that at all. I I think if anything, if I was if if we were using a scale, I would be somewhere around like the other uh, portion of that amount, where I'd be somewhere in like you know like a, a seven or a six and a half or like you know yeah, something same, like that. Same. If I were rating this movie, because it, it it is a mess at times and it is slow at times, but overall, I did not I did not leave the movie like pissed, or, you know, or like thinking that this couldn't still become something that is cool. And in a lot of ways, because of how much I enjoyed Ben Affleck as Batman, and and kind of maybe seeing where they're trying to go with some of it, it it kind of still makes me in, excited to see what they do with you know a batman film or you know a justice league film and especially the wonder woman film which admittedly i was not very excited for but it's probably the biggest takeaway for me is that i loved wonder woman in the movie same you no know, and i same. love that her movie's going to be a period piece you know that it's going to be set during world war one absolutely that'll be it'll kind of set her apart the way that uh captain america being a world war ii character kind of set him apart definitely so i think bringing that kind of period piece aspect in and the plus that's gonna you know female director uh iconic female character that has never been turned into a, a, a you know the lead in a movie which is unbelievable a feature yeah. so like that stuff no i thought that was great i think wonder woman in the in the movie is pretty good and i think the potential is great i, I think that she was more interesting out of costume than when she shows up and just as like a barbarian warrior but i do think it's cool that you know this suggestion and the that she can kind of hold her own in the same way that Superman can with some kind of giant creature like that. Yeah. So, okay, spoiler time. The last act, Doomsday, you know, that's the kind of secret that was hidden in plain sight in the fact that it was in a trailer, a shot of him, and then they kind of backed away from it, and they never really confirmed it. But it was pretty clear when we saw that trailer that we were looking at the climax of the film when we saw Wonder Woman show up, and we saw Batman and Superman say, I thought she was with you, and all that stuff. It was pretty clear that that was the... Once these two characters have teamed up to fight a greater foe, and here he is, and oh, look, Wonder Woman. And and I was watching this whole movie hoping that that wasn't actually the final act of the movie. Oh, man, me too. And then when it got to it, I was glad to get to that point, but I was also, I would, I would say that it lost a lot of its impact because I knew it was coming, and I knew exactly what it looked like. Man, that is like, that. that's all I've been thinking about since since Monday night, was just thinking how much of the pivotal scenes in this movie we had already seen in the trailers yeah. and like the featurettes and everything. And I know that we've talked about this before, you know, just like how saturated and how ruined movies become. But is that because they were like so desperate to get you excited for it? Or, or what was, what was that? Because I felt like it was such a scattered effort. I think that's it. You think so? I think they were nervous about getting you in the theater and they wanted to show you everything. I think the sort of style of trailers is super common now. It's like every movie. So I, I think that when you you find trailers like the Civil War one or uh, or like 10, 10 Cloverfield Lane, 
that aren't too revealing. I think that's that's a rare, rare case. And and I think that studios really, in general, are very, very afraid to bank on this idea without reeling people in with something. And I think it's I think it's desperate. And I think it's it makes you feel like shit because you 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 wait for what a year and a half, a year, and then the last four months before the movie comes out chunks of the the plot points that make it the most exciting part about it the movie get revealed within the second or third trailer which is crazy that's why i'm going to stop watching civil war trailers at this point right right i mean i guess i I would respond to that by saying though if in any scenario you could be assured that you may not be need, need to be as nervous about that wouldn't you assume that like having two of the biggest comic book characters ever in one movie exactly would like possibly assure you that maybe we don't need to give away everything now you know some movies that are like really trying to like sell themselves or if it's a new property or if it's some new I don't I don't know what the, I don't know example but like I can see in some scenarios where like they feel the need to do that but I mean I, now while Man of Steel may not have been the juggernaut that they wanted it to be, and while Marvel may be flourishing, and they feel like maybe we're not, like we being DC, I, I, I just, I just don't know, like what, what other scenario besides like a sequel to a movie that, like Star Wars, you know, Star Wars doesn't need to do that, like, and Star Wars didn't do that, you know, I just, I just, Batman versus Superman is what so many people have been wanting to see for so many years. And has been start and stop so many times over the last couple of decades as a as a possible movie coming out as a possible release. A couple of the first teasers, I thought they did a really good job of not showing too much, showing just enough, you know, like the one that came out like after Comic Con. I thought was enough to get people really excited, and that was really a good start. Like that's kind of where Marvel and them were on the same page. But, like, Marvel is just so masterful, like, with these Civil War trailers. It's made me more and more emotional every time I watch those trailers, and yet I don't know what's happening still. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and, and with these film, with these trailers for Batman vs. Superman, unfortunately, every time we talked about watching the new one, we, we one of us always commented, like, well, there's something else huge that happens in the movie. And that's, like, really bad. So it's almost that they're at such a disadvantage that the, that this movie is happening and this version of the events with these two characters going head to head is happening under such a pressure cooker rather than being allowed to evolve and let them maybe have a, a movie where they're working side by side before they have differences or something. Because it really did make Batman seem more like a villain. Right, right. Yeah. I also like that Batman was like a, like a horror figure to villains, mm-hmm. like which, which they never really did in any of the other movies. They kind of did it, pieces of it. But people were like petrified of this man. They barely showed him when he was out in public. I love that. I love that he's like this scary figure. I I love that. It's the, well, that when when he busts up the like human trafficking ring, the women. One of them says the demon saved us, and then the guy, even the cop, yes. even the cop views Batman as like a, a a skulking shadow. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and again, I liked the, I liked the suggestion of the kind of Gotham City that Batman must be working of course now gotham city is a pile of rubble <laughs> well, at least that dock where nobody was was you know oh right sure no and that island that was uninhabited <laughs> I, I think the opening I, I think like i remember when we were watching it like the opening scene where you kind of see bruce wayne and and his and his side of like the events that happen at the end of man of steel uh, in metropolis yeah, I, I actually really liked that opening scene. I thought that was really, really good, actually. But I was thinking, uh, and I was talking to one of my friends that was also at the screening, the reality that Bruce Wayne saves more people in that one scene of of the beginning of Batman vs. Superman than Superman may have saved in the entire duration of Man of Steel is a really bad, uh, is a really bad kind of perspective on, I think, how they handled the Superman character. I'll, I'll even go one better than that. He saves more people in that opening than Superman does in either film because in this film, all he does is save Lois Lane over and over again. He doesn't really save anybody else. This, 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 is, a, this, is, a, this is a very good point, John. Thank you. Thank you. 
But you, you know what I mean, though. Like he has a punch card for every time he saves Lois Lane. Oh, that's what it is. Got it. Got it. Got but no, it. I think you're. I think you're right. It was crazy that like in that one moment, Bruce Wayne, not even in costume, was more heroic than than we've ever seen Superman be in this world. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's super it's crazy. weird. Man. But overall, I I think it's worth seeing. What do you guys think it means that they've killed Superman? And do you, I mean, obviously he's, they've even said in this movie, you know, as much that visuals indicate that he's going to be coming back or that he's not dead or whatever that, whatever that meant. But the dirt on his coffin starts to levitate at the very last second of the film. Like, I mean, what is, what, what what kind of a move do you think that is? Do you think that's an attempt to sort of give some gravitas or bring something to this character? Because they, they kind of rushed him through his life cycle as a hero in this world, but I, I, I have to admit, I didn't know that they were going to go there at the end of this film. And I, so I was a little surprised to see that, you know, so the next film, if he's to be in it, will have to be like the resurrection of Superman, you know, on top of being the first Justice League film. So once again, they're packing a lot more in <laughs> than maybe they need to pack into yeah. one movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is going to start that whole him reanalyzing who he is as a person. And I don't think that was necessarily him doing that it was the public putting that on him but him uh dying gives him the opportunity i mean first and foremost i think he's gonna realize like i'm 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 basically like a godlike figure and maybe i should be a little nicer about this thing if i'm gonna be around (laughs) and (laughs) be around these people because he came across like an asshole a couple times yeah, like a dumb jerk (laughs) yeah and he was he was foiled so many times like i feel like he was he was manipulated in in so many different ways it was he seemed kind of dopey and i think that this resurrection is gonna hopefully lend itself to some changes in of his character and i would love that just like all the things we were talking about before, like how they explained their mistakes from <laughs> from Man of Steel, like, oh, this dock is clear of people, and good thing that everybody's off work while this stuff's being, you know, destroyed. I think that this, like you guys are saying, as somebody who's not familiar with the comics or the source material, I think for all the criticism that they've been, you know, stacked and stacked and stacked on, on their shoulders about their handling of Superman... If anything, this gives them, like I was saying, Henry Cavill was kind of referring to, I think it gives them a pretty good chance to like redirect what their Superman is. If he like comes back from the dead in a super uh, like pivotal way, and, and 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 like after that is the Superman that we expect him to be, that will seem a little bit like they kind of fixed something that they broke. I mean, I again, I try to like kind of view this and, and talk about this from somebody at the perspective of, of not the comic book guy, like you two might be. I think that, you know, the fact that they went for that or they did, they did that in this film, I think just reminds, I, I think it's just, it, it, it can be a reminder to an audience of, of, of an average moviegoer, you know, that there's some pretty heavy, there can be heavy stuff in these movies. And um, I think that it's a really bold choice. I think that in a very, um, I don't know, maybe calculated, I'm not sure, but, you know, kind of beating Marvel to the punch in terms of like a big, uh, like the death of a character, if that's what happens in Civil War. I think they beat him to it, and I think just that happening, really leaving on that little twist, you know, that 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 big human emotional element that the movie ends on, I, I think it does a lot to like send people home. I mean, a lot of people will probably walk out of the theater kind of stunned, and I think that's a a unique thing that really hasn't and doesn't happen in comic book movies, or many of the ones that we've seen recently. So in their you know, to their credit, I mean, I think what they've done in a way is maybe kind of, I think people are going to be a little stunned with that. I mean, especially people that aren't the comic book hardcore people that know what happens or know that eventually that does happen. Well, I, I would even say as, as much as the movie missed the mark for me in so many different ways emotionally, and I didn't feel like it, it you know, that was that was not the through line for me was caring about the characters. I got a little, uh, I got a little lump in my throat when the coffin with the Superman logo was revealed that 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 got me just a little bit <laughs> for some reason I don't know because yeah. but that was the closest thing to like the world the soup you know it, that fit that sort of idea you have that if Superman died they would they would make him the nicest slickest looking coffin that we possibly could could make 
Yeah. You know, that feels <laughs> also, that feels like it fits the the world uh the world that I want to see. And if yeah, if they use this as a way to bring him back as the as the guy that I want to see. I mean, it, that's that's cool, but it would have been nice to have just say, "Oh, we got this character. He's already been set up. We had him right from the start, you know, that he's this a do-gooder." Yeah. How many how many times can we see Batman's fucking family die? Oh man, I don't know. I'm That's sick crazy of it. that we started with that. I'm that really annoyed me that we started with that. Like like that got me off on the wrong foot with this film in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. But but I also thought that the visualization of it was also different. Um in the sense that it's one of the first times I think if not the first time that we've seen like the father kind of defending himself yeah. and that that be, being the thing that kind of incites the the guy to pull the trigger. So I, I mean that was a little different, and again, it's in keeping maybe with Zack Snyder's more more nihilistic sort of point of view. Um, but you know, I, as far as how it was shot and visualized, you know, it's interesting. Like he he once again, the guy can put together an image. Yeah, he can. He can. I thought the stuff with the with the nightmares that Batman was having were very confusing because they seemed to be somewhat prophetic. And yet they're also sort of just paranoid nightmares. <laughs> and I thought, I think that like, I thought that was a confusing thing to do to suggest that maybe Batman's having predictions of the, uh, predictions of the future, because I think that was the flash coming back to see him wearing like a weird armor that yeah. was saying you were right about him. It looked like it and was, that was breaking just a apart weird... or something. It was weird. weird. Right. It, it was just a weird moment that didn't really play because they didn't do enough to establish that. Um, uh, but again, maybe that's a planting a seed for something that'll happen in a future film. And if so, maybe one day then you'd go back and watch this and think it was it was cool that they they knew what they were doing. I, I did see someone point out that um, that you know that one sh- scene they show of the Flash thwarting the mm-hmm. robber mm-hmm. Uh, in the files that mm-hmm. Lex Luthor has on all the metahumans. They brought up the fact that you know however much the guy would have gotten out of the till. <laughs> Would have been like fifty to a hundred bucks, but the way the flash caused like the store to erupt into flames and lightning to strike when he zipped over there, like th- there was probably hundreds of dollars in property damage, you know, from, from stopping this petty thief. So I thought that was kind of a funny observation. Yeah, that is good. I thought that was a little wedged in. I know Ronald, you were saying that the thing that bugged you about Ant Man was the way they wedged in the Avengers connections. Oh, they wedged it. But in. like this wedging in of the footage of Aquaman and. Uh, and Flash and Cyborg. That you want to talk about wedged in. That was like a little sequence. That was just a little detour in the middle of the movie that really doesn't have any bearing on this film. Yeah, that was so bad. The the guy that uh, got killed by Cyborg is the same black guy that died in Terminator Two. Yeah. <laughs> that had the little oh, thing in his hand and dropped it and yeah, that that I don't know that that's it's just weird that uh. Cyborg has killed him in both movies. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it's super weird. <laughs> you know how they say some people have like a punchable face? Yeah. <laughs> that that guy has a killable by a cyborg yeah. face. That's nuts. It's nuts. Anything else before we wrap this up? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, no, I, I'm good. I think I think that's about it. I, I think I ranted and got emotional and said fuck people and that, that you know this movie is messy. This movie uh, is broken in a lot of ways. Uh, this movie is takes itself too seriously. But even with that said, I loved it in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I think this, I think this is going to have a reverse situation because I think that people are wanna, gonna want to see the disaster. It's it's shitted on <laughs> that badly that I think that people are. It's gonna have a reverse effect. People are gonna like, I want to see this disaster. They're gonna sit through it and go, oh, it's <laughs> it's not as bad as everybody said it was. What the fuck was everybody talking about? I mean, sure it was weird, you know. It's the Ishtar of grim, dark superhero films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's 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 gonna have a reverse effect. I would not be surprised <laughs> if if they delay the Aquaman Flash movies a little bit. Right. To, 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 that wouldn't surprise. To me. see how Wonder Woman and Justice League actually do. I mean, to see that you right. know they're not they're right. not like just wasting time and money. I would love to see a women superhero movie do really well. I, I feel like we haven't seen one yet. I mean, both of those characters are going to be in Justice League, so you're going to get to see some Aquaman business, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're going to get to see some Wonder Woman in that, and then you're going to see her in her film. So I agree with you, Steve. They might alter the plans just a little bit, but but the, my main thing is just I could easily envision them fast-tracking 
a Batman film. And I could also see them maybe reshooting a little uh, f- to put more Batman into Suicide Squad, where he's supposed to have a small part. I don't know if they would do that, but I'm just saying if, if that comes out of this as one of the things that people responded to, I could see them saying, let's let's you know put our best foot forward as far as that goes. If it was true that this was more of an auteur-driven uh, uh, franchise and less of a studio-driven one, I think that studio is going to start to exude some of that control so that there will be... Uh, just a, a sense of trajectory and a sense of where this thing is going. And, and uh, I'm sure that the critical drubbing this movie is taking is not going to help in the larger sense, but I also know that there's a lot of people, the very people who, who want to see a film like this um, over any kind of other film are people that are sort of willing to give the finger to critics and say, well, critics are usually wrong about the movies that I love, you know, and I feel that way sometimes. So, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think the critics are going to deter this film from being successful, but I do think that it does it does affect the narrative of this film. If it's talked about as being that bad, right. it makes me think of one final thing I wanted to say about this, which is that you know if you think about uh, Man of Steel, even Superman Returns to some extent, and of course Christopher Nolan's films, even people who don't like them, these these DC films tend to be debated uh, and 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 you know the subject of big disagreements about about the treatment of the subjects. And I do think that's maybe different from what you get from the Marvel films, where it's much more about this kind of ongoing soap opera with these characters that you love. I think the DC films really do make these this style decisions that are potentially bold and potentially uh, ruinous. <laughs> it's crazy that Justice League comes out in like a year and a half. Yeah. It is insane. All right, guys, well... Good talk, good talk. I'm glad we were able to do this. I think we need to wrap this up, like you said, so we don't run into uh, the standard length of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're pretty much already there, but you know what? Like, that's fine. That's Too fine. late. Yeah. This is a long movie. I always feel like if, we t- if we're talking about one movie, we shouldn't talk about the movie for more than half the running time of the movie. I think that's... All right, we're the, just about there. Right, we're just about there. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, thank you, John, for kind of walking us through this uh this experiment hopefully it turns out all right on your end but um thanks everyone for listening uh, you can hit us up movieshmovie.com and the facebook page uh in addition if you listen to us through itunes please uh leave a review leave a star rating do anything to uh give us some feedback on, uh, on what you think about the podcast and uh do you guys have anything else to add no nah, i think that I think that's it thank you for listening everyone cool well as always You've made our day. Take care. Bye. Bye.